you're going to tell them what you're looking to do in your building or in your facility, and they're going to tell you whether yes, you can or no, you can't. That's in the gist. That's a work. That's a permit. Now, why do you need one? My name is Jose Moreno. On this podcast, we discuss current and future trends in the electrical industry. Welcome to the life of an electrical contractor. On this podcast, we discuss current and future trends in the electrical industry. Welcome to the life of an electrical contractor. In today's episode, what I wanted to focus on was on what to look for when hiring an electrical contractor. See, I, I know this question is sits there in the back of the uh, my customers' minds, and, and I think a lot of the people I eventually run into uh, and meet and consult with, uh, they tell me ultimately, like, you know what? What, what do I need to uh, know about hiring a contractor? You know, I just call them and, and that's it, right? But I, I, the reason I'm putting this, this episode together or at least putting some of these uh, ideas out there is because there is, some, there is a very specific um, uh, details you do need to know prior to hiring an electrical contractor for whatever you do, whether it's something in your house or something in, a, uh, in, you know, in your building, in your office, whatever the case may be, right? So uh, let's just get to it, and I'll kind of run through the, you know, the top items that I, that I think are, are very necessary and important for you to know. So one of the, 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 the number one topics is, is your electrical contractor, your electrician that you work, that you are working, that you're deciding to work with, uh, this person needs to be licensed, and the license needs to be active. See, uh, in, in, in my state, in, we're in New Jersey. So in New Jersey, they require what's called a master electrician's license, right? Now, just so you know, that, that's just one part of it, right? But again, um, I think it's very important for you to, to ask the question is, are you licensed, you know? And what license do you have, right? Because ultimately, uh, you know, the electrical industry is very wide. You know, uh, there's obviously electrical installations, um, and then there's also something uh, called fire alarm, right? And then there's another part called low voltage, right? Like, you know, uh, Cat5 wiring, uh, burglar alarm wiring, and that, that uh, camera wiring, that type of stuff, right? So while there are different licenses, depending what license you have and in what state you're in, uh, a master electrician's license would be all you need. But again, it's very important for you to ask this question at least to understand now, the second part of this is just because someone is licensed, it doesn't mean that they have experience in the, in, the, in the industry or perhaps experience in the type of work you are looking to have done at your facility, right? So it's very important for you to understand the two, right? One is to be certified and another thing is to have experience in that type of work. So uh, again, I think it's very important that you guys ask this question and at least, you know what, you know, ask them. I mean, ultimately, what you're doing is you're you're uh, you're you're building a relationship with somebody. So you know what? What better way than to ask just to ask questions, right? So the next thing is uh, this is a huge one, um, and, and there's so many levels to this thing that I think is a uh, I could probably do a show just on this alone. But I figured I just kind of run it through and, and give you a a, a quick uh, detail on it, right? Uh, is the company insured? You know, I I think it's it's a in this day and age, we know, I mean, we have insurance for everything, right? Uh, I mean, you have insurance for the, for the phone you, you carry around, right? You have insurance for, for everything. You go buy a TV, they tell you, oh, you want to add insurance. You, you, know, you want to buy this. Oh, you want to have insurance. So now, why wouldn't you ask your electrical contractor, are you insured, right? 
Now, here's the next part to this. This is where I said this has many levels, right? So every state has different uh, different rules and different uh, requirements, right? Um, always always check with your uh, with your state, right? Uh, but just so you know, the states what they require usually what they require is is always the minimum, right? It's always a it's it's a standard they set, and and this is why they're called minimum, right? They're they're called state requirements. They're most of the time minimum requirements, right? Um, again, it's important for you to ask what type of insurance and what levels are they carrying, right? So now I'm going to break it into a little bit of what type of insurances uh, perhaps are necessary uh, and are important for you to ask, right? One is obviously liability insurance, right? Uh, two is vehicle insurance. Three is workman's comp insurance. And four is an umbrella insurance. Now, obviously, there's more, there's more to this, but I, these are the top four that I, I would tell you to ask and focus on, right? So obviously, liability is easy, right? You know, it, it's it's a uh, it's it's the insurance on the uh, on the actual performance of this uh, contractor at your facility, right? Okay. Uh, vehicle insurance. Well, why is vehicle insurance important to you? Well, he, here's the reason why vehicle insurance is important to you. If you have a facility or a parking lot of some sorts, if this person is driving around his vehicle, his work van, whatever, around your parking lot, and he gets into an accident with whatever, backs into something, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Well, it's very important for you to know if this person actually has the right insurance to even be driving around that vehicle in your facility, right? So again, it's uh, I can go into a whole nother spiel about vehicle insurance, but it's very important that you actually check that the vehicle insurance is has, has commercial listed insurance, not just a, you know, a personal insurance, basically, right? Uh, the next part is workman's comp. I mean... Workman's comp, what does that mean? Uh, just so you know, here's a tidbit. In New Jersey, and I'm not really sure if in any other states as well, but in New Jersey, uh, if you're a one-man shop, right, you're just one person working, you don't need to carry workman workman's, workman's comp insurance. Uh, technically, you waive it. You waive your right because you're the sole proprietor, and you technically are saying, I don't want workman's comp insurance. If I get hurt, since I am the owner of this business, I don't need insurance. Now, again, I'm saying that's in New Jersey. I, I don't know any other states, but uh, but that's if you are the only owner and you are the sole proprietor and you are the only employee within your firm. But as soon as you have more than one employee, right, that's it. You got to carry workman's comp insurance and it's the law, okay? Um, and there's different types of workman's comp insurance, okay? Um, obviously, we're electricians, so we carry electrical work workman's comp right um obviously a carpenter has its own type of insurance a plumber and and so on even our office staff our office staff has a different they're they're called i believe it's called clerical so again it's different codes i'm sure in what the industry that you do everything has a different code and this is no different right all right uh one of the last ones i want to talk about which i think is a uh, is something i probably learned about about 10 years ago was a uh, umbrella insurance you know, what, what's umbrella insurance? And this is why it goes actually back to the vehicle insurance. So umbrella insurance is this. Uh, it's basically, what does an umbrella do, right? You open it up and it protects you from the rain, right? So what an umbrella insurance is, in, in a nutshell, is you have liability insurance. Whatever that max is or, or uh, per occurrence or whatever it is, you know, 
Um, let's just say it's three or five million a, a year uh, liability insurance. But God forbid you're involved in something that is, you know, bigger than that, right? And it goes right through that liability, right? Let, let's say your vehicle insurance, again, God forbid you're in some type of pileup or something and then boom, it blows right through the, the, the levels that that's set up. That's what that umbrella is there for. But here's the deal. For you to have an umbrella insurance, you need to have all your insurance uh, requirements at a min match the minimum level. If the minute one of them is not at the same rate, that umbrella insurance could come into, could go, could actually go into question. So again, this is something I learned, uh, like I said, like 10 years ago, uh, while, you know, expanding and learning about, uh, new things and, and most importantly, learning to, to, uh, carry more insurance. Right. So again, uh, you know, remember to check the uh, state requirements, right. Um, it's always, uh, it's always important to know that what the state asks you to carry is always the minimum, right. Um, also understand uh, are your are the vehicles and the equipment the uh, contractor is bringing into your facility and working within your facility is insured, right? Uh, the umbrella insurance, which is what I mentioned to you, and you know, last but not least, is that 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 workman's comp. You know, that workman's comp is if that employee, God forbid, gets hurt on your premises, there's an insurance policy to take care of that. All right. You don't want them going after you for some wild reason saying, hey, I tripped over uh, an extension cord in, in your office. You know, listen, if that was there, so be it. That's why we have that's why you carry workman's comp insurance and it doesn't spill over into your customer or you, the client's insurance situation. Right. So. All right. The next thing is, uh, is the company bond is the company bonded. Right now, you know. I don't really want to talk about this one too much because in New Jersey, uh, every you're required to have a uh, to have a license. You're uh, to have a license, and actually in New Jersey, I know I mentioned before, you need to have a uh, a license. But you actually to be to actually perform electrical uh, contracting, right? Go into contracts with customers. You actually need to have something called a business permit um, that allows you to now actually uh, ex you know create a bit. No, you know sell a job, right? Uh, you know, create a value, exchange value, exchange money for a specific act that you do. Right. Um, again, in New Jersey, you need a business permit. And part of that whole idea is for you to have a business permit and a license associated to a company in the state of New Jersey. Uh, the company needs to be bonded again. Um, uh, the bonding itself, it's not, not very expensive. And to tell you the truth, I'm not really sure how much it covers. Uh, I would highly, 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 uh, focus on the insurance and, you know, liability, uh, vehicle, workman's comp umbrella. That That's where I would focus 100% on, right? Uh, now, there is something called bonded work, and that's more when you do, uh, you know, government work. So, you know, when we do government work, we we, we have a, that, that's a completely different topic. That's we actually purchase a bond um, to do the job for whatever reason we don't complete the job or we're not able to, you know, uh, satisfy the job requirements are uh, that bond, that insurance policy kicks in and takes care of it. You know, uh, again, that's a different topic, but I just wanted to make sure you guys understand the two, you know, the, the, the next thing that I think is very important, uh, for you guys to, you know, out there when you're looking for an electrical contractor to come, uh, perform a service for you, or, or even if you're like, listen, uh, here, here's a typical thing. Hey, Jose, we have a new machine coming in. Um, we're looking to get it wired. 
you know, can you send someone down to, uh, you know, take a look and see uh, where we're looking to put it? And if we have the right uh, infrastructure to support this machine, right? So right away, some of the things we ask is, uh, you know, uh, make sure you have the, the specifications of the equipment, right? And depending on the client that does call us, we know the infrastructure of some of these buildings. So we actually do some of the groundwork in our office, right? But again, if it's a brand new customer, uh, again, it'd be important to say like, okay, make sure you have the specifications of your equipment. Make sure you know where you're going to put it, obviously. Make sure you have access to your building. So when we do go on site, we're able to walk around and, um, and see what type of uh, infrastructure you actually have and if it's going to be able to actually support this piece of equipment, right? But all right, the... Very important thing for you to understand as a client, as a customer, is this person, this electrical contractor you're looking to bring into your facility, does he or she have experience in the type of work you're asking for, you're looking to get done, the one that you're actually looking for uh, help in getting done for you, right? See, uh, the electrical industry is very, very, very wide um, and some people can say that they're commercial uh, electricians, and, and they are, but they may work in what's called a high-rise building, right? Technically, that's they're they're working with a with with sort of a commercial style materials, if you would say. Uh, but they're they're basically doing uh, residential work, you know, uh, skyscraper work, right? Unless they're doing the uh, the uh, the main structure, right? The main structure of the building. The main structure of the building, obviously, that that's the uh, the you know the bread and the you know the the blood. The, the organs of the building, that, that's, that's a whole nother, another topic. But again, if you're a manufacturer or you're in a, if you're a, uh, let's say a, a developer looking to put up a warehouse or you're a, uh, a let's just say a, a doctor's office looking to remodel or, or, or something in that nature, you want to know that this person you're bringing into, that you're asking for help, right? That you're asking a service from, has an idea or ha has a has a track record for that type of work, right? At least it's best that you ask. If you if the person honestly tells you no, I don't have experience in this, and you decide to go with them, well, that's that's also your decision, right? And at least you asked, and you uh, there's no uh, you know there's no curveballs later on, right? Um, at the end of the day, we all got to learn, right? We all got to start somewhere. So, so really, it's not a. It's also not a bad thing that the person doesn't have experience. The the biggest part is, do you understand? Do you know? And are you aware that this person doesn't or does have experience in what you're asking for? Next thing that's I think very important is a warranty, right? What is a warranty? I mean, this thing is like a. This is a word that gets tossed around a lot. Warranty, you know, warranty this, warranty that, you know, I guarantee this, I guarantee that. I mean, again, I'm going to go back to my state's laws. And this in New Jersey, the state says we have, we, you, you must give a one year warranty. Now, obviously, that's a one year warranty labor, right? Uh, materials sometimes have a little bit more depending on the manufacturer you purchase from. And again, uh, we can go into into a, into a whole array of topics in regarding this stuff, right? But most importantly, I think what you could do is you can contact your consumer affairs division in your state and just find out what are the warranty laws and times, right? Because uh, technically warranties begin from 
issuance of certificate of occupancy, right? Or perhaps uh, issuance of temporary certificate of occupancy. Uh, obviously, those words that I'm using, that's for a new construction or some type of um, additional addition addition that you perhaps did to your building of some sort. So, so if we're talking about like you're, you know, like again, like I said, I, I said the uh, client that I was talking about before, hey, Jose, can we bring in a new machine and blah, 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 blah. There's really going to be no uh, certificate of occupancy, right? We're going to probably pull a permit for it. And eventually the inspector will come out and look at it. And um, But by that time, you know, uh, the machine will be ready to run. Really, from that point, you know, the warranty would be issued. Now, again, depending on who you work, type of company you work for or what type of company you are uh, working for, um, most of these jobs... Uh, they're, uh, well, we, the way we work is we, we get issued a purchase order. So when we get issued a purchase order, that's when we go to town, right? So again, it's important for you to know what type of warranties um, and also to understand the, the time frame, right? Um, and here's another another tidbit too, is uh, companies always offer more warranty depending on the type of uh, service they're delivering. And, and it's always best to just simply ask, you know, what what's, uh, you know, what kind of a warranty do you give? You know, like I just, we just went through a project where uh, uh, it was a very large lighting project and the materials, the lighting fixtures themselves came with a five-year warranty, right? That's 100% labor included. So if one of those fixtures goes bad within five years, the company actually will pay us to go and replace that fixture. And of course, the the customer is, is, is 100% secure that what? The fixtures that he or she bought are a hundred percent covered for five years. Right. So now those are the type of things that you can buy extra on. And again, uh, generators sometimes come with a, an additional warranty that you or additional guarantee or warranty you can purchase. So, so always ask here's, here's the question is ask, at least, you know, listen, if there is no warranty or there's nothing, at least, you know, right. It's not like later on, you're going to be like, Hey, uh, Hey Jose, can, uh, is there any warranty on this? It's like, no, you know, there isn't. And now you may get upset because Jose or somebody told you, no, there's no warranty when you could have just found out from the beginning and, um, and you could have avoided all these things. Right. All right. So the next thing is, is, is the work that you're doing, will it require permits? So again, I'm, I have to refer to the state that I'm in and in the way the state laws here are, if you're pulling any new wiring of any sort, you're pulling any new conduit, anything like that, you're, re you're required to pull a permit, right? What's a permit? It's basically you just literally uh, asking your local jurisdiction, right? Your town, your township, your uh, city office, basically your building department. You're asking, you're actually, you're, you're going to tell them what you're looking to do in your building or in your facility. And they're going to tell you whether yes, you can or no, you can't. That's in the gist. That's a work. That's a permit. Now, why do you need one? Well, here's the importance of why you need one. Say you don't get one, right? And for some reason, the local electrical inspector or building inspector or whatever inspector drives by your building and sees a couple of electrical contracting vans parked in the lot. Decides to go in, decides to check it out, and sees that perhaps you're, you're doing a whole nother project over there, right? Well, now you're 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 in you're you're in quite of a you're in, you're in some trouble. Put it like that, okay? Um, not just you as the customer, but also the contractor. 
So again, I think it's important in, in, in like in anything is, is it's, as you build a relationship is for your, also for your contractor to tell you, you know, to also ask of you like, Hey, listen, we have to follow the laws, right? And the laws are get an electrical permit, get an electrical permit. Um, again, in New Jersey, depending on, depending on what you do, if it's an emergency job, you actually can go ahead and do the job and apply for the permit within, I think it's 48 hours or something like that. Basically do not shy away from a permit. Um, there's a reason why they're there. There's a reason why there's an electrical inspector. Um, and again, depending on who you work with and who your uh, electrical contractor is, it's probably best that it is inspected for the sake of everyone's insurance. All right. Another item that's very important is, is, is references, right? So, so the question is, you know, can you ask your electrical contractor, hey, listen, I want to work with you, but I want to see, I want to see something, right? I want to, I want to see some of your, uh, show me some references, you know, or show me a scrapbook, show me some pictures, you know, for the most part, I guess if you go on someone's website, you can probably look around and be like, oh, look, some of our work, right? But, but you know, what, like I said before, this is all about relationships, right? So when you speak to the person you're working with, ask them, you know, you know, do you have any references? You know, uh, let's say, um, let's say, um, I have a, uh, a manufacturing building and whatever we, uh, food processing plant, right? Well, I think it'd be good to ask the, the guy who's coming into our facility, be like, hey, uh, uh, Jesse, you know, have you worked with this type of, uh, you know, equipment before? You know, have you worked with this type of uh, conveyor belt before? And Jesse says, yes, I have. Okay. You know what? You can also ask, may I ask where? You see? Real simple. Um, and at least at that point, you also get another, a little bit peace of mind because at the end of the day, you as a customer, you, if you're a facilities manager or you're a, a project manager of some sorts in, in, in one of these facilities, listen, I get it. You're, 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 you're entrusting someone to come into this building, handle a task that was entrusted to you. And now you are willingly having to give it to someone else to do it because obviously you're not an electrician, right? And at that point I can, I, I can understand the hesitation. All right. I can understand the hesitation, you know, the same thing, you know, uh, in, if I get contracting work done in my house or in my office or in my, in my, in my building, I'm not just going to give it to whoever it is, right? I'm going to give it to somebody. I'm going to, I'm going to hire someone that I can trust, right? So if it's in my house, like, okay, I'll give you an example. Last year I, I did my kitchen, right? Right before Corona hit, I did my kitchen and, and you know what? It was real easy to just cancel the job and, and not go with it. But guess what? My kitchen was already upside down, right? I trust this guy. I know who they were. I know the guys that were coming. You know, well, we we did do our due diligence and covered some stuff up so we can be able to continue, but I trusted them, right? And guess what? It was it was good that I went with someone I trusted because uh a lot of contractors stopped working. This guy kept working and he actually got my kitchen up and running within a month in the middle of corona. So, but again, that's just a story just to know again who exactly are you going into into a, a relationship with right so I, it's very important for you to ask uh what this person does and 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 if they have any uh you know any pictures or any references that you can actually uh go back on and and, and even call if you had to right another another big 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 topic uh see so yeah, i'm i'm one guy here right and uh I think if you've heard my my previous episode, I, I told you that we are like 20 plus people and, and, and you know what? I'm one guy though, right? So 
it's very important for you to ask when you are going to hire somebody is who's exactly going to do this project. See, I, I mentioned before we run like five crews. We have office staff. We have all these things going on, right? See, a lot, at the beginning, a lot of people would say, oh, Jose, okay, here, here, no, here, I'll sign the contract with you. Okay. And then when I would send the people to go work, uh, they'd be like, oh, no, you can't work here. We hired Jose. And, you know, that was a, that was, that was part of my fault for not uh, communicating correctly with the client, right? Like, listen, we're a, we're a company, okay? And, and if I'm the one doing the sales on this particular project, perhaps I sold you the job based on my consulting or based on uh, our initial conversation or, or even, or whatever the case may be. Ultimately, who's going to do the job is going to be another set of technicians that actually go out and execute, right? But for you, it's important for you to know. Because if you don't know, you know, what if you hired, uh, again, you hired Jesse to do the electrical work and all of a sudden, you know, Jason and, and you know, Miguel show up to do the job. Like, who, who is Jason? Who's Miguel? You know, like, I don't know who you are. So it's important for you to communicate and it's important for you to ask your contractor who is going to be doing the job. And of course, do they know what they're doing, right? Are they experienced with this facility? So very, very... um. Very, very important details that is, it, they're just best to get them out at the beginning instead of when the job starts, right? Um, another giant, giant, giant detail is can you actually speak to this person, right? See, I remember when I, when I first started in business, one of the first things people would tell me is can you speak? Oh, I'm sorry. It was uh, make sure you can speak to your accountant freely. Make sure you can speak to your lawyer Really, and I, you know what? I didn't know what that meant. Like, what does that mean? Can I speak to my accountant or or uh, lawyer freely? Well, as the years went by, I realized what it was. I couldn't speak to my accountant. I actually felt like I couldn't talk to him. Right. Eventually, I ended up moving on to another accountant, and now the accountant I have with, I can have an active conversation with. Right. Same thing with this. Look at us as your consultant. Look at us as as the people that are that can be there to help you solve that situation that you have, right? But we can't help you if you don't talk to us. And, and vice versa, you can't get help if that contractor can't talk to you. So it's very important for you to have, to, to have that, to, to get that feeling from the beginning. Can I talk to this guy? Is this someone I can speak to? First of all, is this someone I can call? Because how, how often can you, uh, I'll be honest, like me, sometimes it's, it's a, it's difficult to get through me in certain times because I'm, I'm doing certain things. But listen, if, you, if we set up a call, I'm on that call. And, and you know what? Our office, you can call our office. Somebody will be there, pick up the phone. Uh, it'll get routed whichever way, and it, the right person will get to it right away. But it's important for you to know if you actually can physically speak to this person about the situation you're having. Listen, jobs will have situations arise, okay? There is no perfect job. Things will always happen. Things will arise. A piece of material came in wrong. Something changed. Plans moved. Timelines got crosswired. You name it, it happens. And at that point, it's going to be very important for you to have that freedom, for you to have that ability to actually speak to this person, right? So very important. To be able to just literally speak to them, right? Another another question that's uh that's important is especially if you're a facility and you're a uh, 
you're an ongoing um some of the guys some of the people we work for they're they're 24 hour facilities right so they're they're all year round i know right now with with covid and everything some they're some of their um some of their their shifts have changed and perhaps the the amount of people inside the buildings is not as as a as much as normally but but this for the most part a lot of them are still you know they're starting to really ramp up right and and an important question for you to know from this new partner you're going into uh, business with is can, do they handle emergency calls are they available for emergencies because once again i mean if 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 you go through the whole list that i was talking about right if you go through everything that i mentioned before and you have this connection to this electrical contractor or this man or this woman that you can actually speak to and you feel comfortable with what you want to know is like, oh my God, there's an emergency. Jose, we need a guy here right now. Why not just ask? I mean, there's only two things that can go, yes or no, right? So very simple. Ask the question, get it. Now you know it. You can pass it along to all your uh, teammates and be like, hey, listen, and if, if for some reason I'm on vacation uh, and there's an emergency, call this company because they're on our list for, you know, emergencies. All right. You know, Another thing that's uh that's very high on, on people's uh agendas, especially in facilities, is uh safety programs, right? Does your company have an active safety program? What what does that mean? You know, and, and there's different levels to this thing, so I'm just gonna go back to a, a very uh quick one. But what what's an active safety program? Is 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 are the people uh have they gotten their training, right? When I say training, there's a there's OSHA, there's also OSHA 10, there's OSHA 30. Um, do they have the training in the equipment they use? Uh, if they, um, if they drive scissor lifts of any kind, are they certified to ride those scissor lifts? Are they, are they experienced with them? Um, then there's also individual uh, training programs that, that, that most companies have, right? Cause there's safety is, is a sa safety is, is practiced. Okay. Okay, it's not it's not practice makes perfect because it'll never be, um, but safety is something that's practiced. So you must actively practice being safe, right? Now, when I say being safe, is 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 working in a safe environment, creating a safe environment to work in, to perform the project in, right? Um, too many times when accidents do occur. It simply happens because the people were not paying attention to the situations that were happening around them. So in these safety programs, they're very, uh, they're set up that way, right? Um, some people call them, uh, what do they, I think it's called toolbox uh, talks and stuff like that. Our, ours are called a little different, but um, again, they're conversations that, you know, particular crews talk about. Um, and then again, depending on who, where you work at, you know, you may have a quarterly a meeting where you guys, where a lot of you guys come together and be like, okay, bring up some of the things that have come up and how can we, you know, what, what, what would be a situation that we can handle it differently? Or even if someone actually went through something as, look, we went through this, what would you recommend the next time? So it's very important for you to know uh, about safety programs. And, and here's another one too. A lot of buildings that you might work in, they might have their own safety program and you perhaps have to ask to make sure that, you're able to meet that uh, criteria that you're able to meet that requirement. So again, it's, it's, it's important for you to uh, speak to your electrical contractor 
um, and electrical contractors are important to speak to your client and say, hey, listen, is there, an, is there a safety program that I must adhere to at this facility? If so, please let me know so I can meet that criteria, right? Because at the end of the day, it's always a two-way street, right? In electrical work, right? You don't want to be babysitting these guys, right? You, you're not going to be able to... Ultimately, you hire somebody so they can do their job so you can do what? Continue to do yours, right? So you, you don't want to be on top of these guys necessarily, and you don't want to necessarily have to be babysitting them or assign somebody to babysit them, right? So you want to make sure these people can 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 handle, can be, can can work on their own, right? So uh, so again, it's very important to be able to to have these conversations regarding safety and and the uh, and perhaps the expect the the building's uh, requirements, right? Another uh, another topic that 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 we run into a lot is um. Because of these facilities that we work in, that are uh, uh, twenty-four hour, you know, three sixty-five a year facilities, is is um, we can't disrupt the uh, ongoing uh, production, right? So it's important for you to discuss. Uh, to actually, it's extremely important because this is part of scheduling, right? For you to ask your client, uh, ask I'm sorry, ask your uh, your contractor. Um, do you work off hours? Will you work around our hours? See, uh, a lot of the times we have to work at night. Some of the times we have to work on a Saturday, Sunday, holiday weekends. Uh, you name it, we're there, right? Uh, why? Because perhaps where we're working at or the service we're delivering for that particular client needs to be done in a, in a, in a specific place where for us to work there safely, uh, Things need to shut down, and for things to and for things to shut down, it means no production. And if there's no production, well, you name it. Obviously, that is how you make money, and that is how ultimately you're looking to invest in your building, and which is why you're in the first place calling us to to perhaps come wire a new piece of equipment, right? So, extremely important for you to get that detail out where it's like, do you work? Do you provide service off hours? Is that something you guys do? Because ultimately, if you are one of those facilities, you will require someone to come in after hours, a Saturday, Sunday, holiday weekend, you name it, it's there. So uh, as far as for us, that's, that's, our, that's our bread and butter. That is where we, uh, that is where we uh, just, just shine, really. You know, we, we, we over-deliver. You know, clients require us to be there at a, a specific time, um, a specific day, and we're there. Why? Because we, we know how important it is uh, for you to, for your production to happen, right? If you have no production, we have no work, right? Because there's a reason why you called us, right? You called us because you need to either add more equipment or uh, do some changes. Uh, and there'll be no reason for us if you're not producing. So we take that, we take that uh, very, we take that, it's very important to us, put it like that. Um, and it'd be very important for you to know that the person you're working with uh, has that that same uh, mentality? Has that same uh, uh, connection with your with your production? Right. At the end of the day, you know, to make this uh, real simple is when you're when you're looking to hire an electrical contractor and you've already worked through all these things, right? You've gone through the whole list of stuff. We get to something called price, right? And I've seen so many times people. It's almost like it's a race to the bottom, right? It's a race to get to the low number. And the important here, the very, the extremely important uh, notion here is, are you competing 
Are you looking for a competing price? Because if you're if you're looking for a competitive price, and that's one thing, right? But ultimately, what you want to focus on, what you want to make sure you receive, is value. I mean, simple as that. You want to make sure that what you're going to get for your dollars is of an extreme value. Now, I'm not going to say that the lowest price won't deliver value to you. That's going to be ultimately for you to decide. But I think it's important for you to know what you're looking for and what you're getting into business with, right? See, because if you're solely searching for price, right? If you're, that's all you care about. I just need the cheapest price. You're going to find it, bro. You know, you're going to find it. But ultimately, I, I, I'm, I'm, I am in the uh, field of, uh, of understanding. Of, I'm in the field of delivering value. Put it like that. Simple as that. So if I'm in the field of delivering value and you are the client looking for value, right? Because you're looking for, I need somebody to take care of this situation I have. You're looking for it to get done the right way the first time, right? Right way, first time with minimal issues for you, right? It's important for you to know what, what exactly are you looking for? Are you looking for a low price or you're looking for value, right? And, and value is not just money. I know a lot of times people say value is money, right? Value is money. It's not just value. I mean, yeah, value obviously is, is based on, on cost and stuff, but there's more, there's more items to what value is, right? And obviously it all depends on what you value. Ultimately, for you to understand value, you must understand what you value. So to me, when I say value is, is one of the biggest things that I can, that I can put on, on value is trust. See, see trust, is, is, trust is what gets it going, right? See, if I don't trust someone, how can I deliver anything for them? I don't trust them, right? So I think, you, I think that's the part that where it's like, you know, you must be able to trust this person. And again, if you go through the whole list, one of the biggest things is can you actually speak to this person, right? And that helps you develop this trust, right? Especially if you're a brand new client, you're a brand, it's a brand new relationship, right? That's how you build that, that, uh, that, that, that trust, right? Another thing is, does, do you feel comfortable that this team can handle the task you're asking of, right? Perhaps, perhaps you feel like confident. Yes, they can. Perhaps you feel that they can. At that point, once again, is what's value to you, right? See, there's so many things that can that go into that whole situation. If, if they can handle this thing, is is you know, do they have the right experience? Do they have the right manpower? Do they have the right capacity to handle this project in your timeline, right? Do they have the right equipment, you know? And then after you ask yourself all those questions, you know, ask yourself, what does peace of mind actually cost you? Because if ultimately peace of mind costs you the low bid, then go with the low bid, you know? But if... Peace of mind equals value to you, then go with the bid that is the most, that delivers the most value for you. And guess what? Sometimes it is the lower bid. 
And I'm not going to say that you always got to go with the high bid because no, sometimes it is the lower bid. A lot of the times we actually are, are low bid. Why? Because we, we, again, we know what our clients want. We know what, we know how to deliver for them. There's no, uh, we, we cut all the BS out, man. We go right to it. We know exactly what you need. We don't give you extra because you don't need it. You need exactly, you know exactly what you need and we know exactly what you, what you're demanding. So at times we are uh, a low bid, right? Other times we're not. But ultimately at the end of the day, it comes down to just asking yourself, what does peace of mind cost you? With that now, I'm bringing the show to an end. And uh, remember to uh, comment, share this with, uh, with anyone that you think will benefit from this. And hit that subscribe button and see you on the next one.